Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If I live my life down here in ease and comfort and want to make sure, well, I was going to do that ministry, but I'm going to spend some time with my hobbies or whatever, you'll be in heaven kicking yourself, saying, man, I didn't, I didn't live for eternity. I didn't store, I didn't, I didn't send nothing up ahead. You know, as, as those that serve the Lord, there will be times where it's challenging and difficult. And we want to be okay. We should be okay with that. Don't let that be a discouragement to you. Sometimes for me, hardship is, it almost is my hint or my clue that I'm on the right track. No one ever drifts into spiritual fruitfulness. The only drifting that takes place is toward temptation and sin. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you how important it is to be diligent and rooted in God's Word. You'll be better equipped to discern what's true when God is at the forefront of everything you do. False teachers are just as prevalent today as they were in Paul's day and age. There are lessons to be learned in the scripture passage today as Paul addresses his listeners on this topic. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 as he continues his message dealing with false teachers. I thank God for my pastor. The way he raised us up was if you wouldn't if you wouldn't minister at your own expense, they would never pay you to do it. If you wouldn't minister and, and there was a period where I was technically on staff, but not on staff. They said, hey, would you like to commit to teaching this every Sunday? I would love to. I feel called to that. I've been praying for that opportunity. Okay, you're on. Starting this week, every Sunday. Every Sunday, you need to, you still work full time, you still do whatever, but you prepare, you come, you give the study. I did that for, I think, a year, a year and a half. And then they invited me on staff. And the mentality there is I would never pay a man to do for the Lord. I would never pay you God's money to do something you wouldn't do out of your heart. If you're called, you would do it. If you're called to ministry, you'll pay to do it yourself, you know? And it's one of the evidences that, you know, a guy that's called doesn't care what it costs. I'm called to do this. I can't do anything else. This is what God called me to do, you know? And Paul said, look, that's how I've gotten by. You know, when I was with you guys and y'all were weak and I didn't want to take money from you guys, the other church took care of me. But I, I did what I had to do. Paul, at, some, at one point, Paul had to make tents. So I made tents to take care of my own expenses um, so that I can continue to do the ministry. I made sure I could do what God, what I, what I was called to do. And so these distinguish the false from the real. And I, I do want to give us this, you know, I see one of the most prevalent false teachers. There are many. You got your cult groups, your Church of Christ cults. The, the one commonality among all cults is they diminish Jesus to something less than God. Um, and so the Jehovah's Witnesses make them less than God. The Mormons make them less than God. The Church of Christ cult, they take them, they let them be God, but they, he's their God. You know, you got to go through their organization. Uh, any church that feels like it's the only church, it's probably not a good place to be. Uh, we're Calvary Chapel Inglewood. I promise to God, we're not the only good church. We're not the only thing going, you know, the, the body of Christ. And it would be sad if we were right. The body of Christ is so much bigger than us. Uh, there are people all around the world that are that they're, they're brothers, they're sisters. We're going to be in heaven together. Uh, any group that says you, you have to come through our channel, you know, for, and then we'll recognize uh, your salvation. Your apostolic churches in our community. It's like it's a cult. It's another gospel. Whenever you add something to the gospel, whenever you say you got to believe on Jesus and it's it's not the gospel anymore. The, the apostolic says you got to believe in Jesus. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So they baptized the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It didn't take. Baptized specifically in the name of Jesus and 
You got to come up with the evidence of speaking in tongues before we acknowledge your salvation. No. All that's bogus. You need to believe on Jesus. That he died for your sins and he rose from the grave. And God says you will be saved. I'm there. I, I, I got baptized because I was saved. Not so that I would be saved. And so with regard to those things, you know, the different cults and then again, the, the predominant, you know, word of faith teaching and just some of the foolery that I see in churches within our community. I know that a lot of times what happens is, is, is because people haven't been taught the word. The men that are up here can say whatever they want because nobody out there knows a the word. They didn't teach it to you. They don't encourage you to read it on your own. And they don't take questions. You know, you take you take a question to some of these guys. Don't you, you question the man of God, you know, or whatever. And it's like, you, you, I can't ask a question. They ask Jesus questions, you know, like, I mean, do you guys read your Bible? They ask Jesus questions and he took them and answered them humbly. I can't ask you a question, Bishop. You know, that's bogus, man. That's not that's you're a teacher. You're supposed to help me out. Um, you can ask anything you want. If you hear something that sounds wrong, you guys come on up and say, hey, I, I got a question. You know, and we'll take your questions and answer them. That's what we're here for. Um, you know, Pastor Clint is our resident Bible answer man. So if you if you got some, you know, he is. He really is. I, I, I'm impressed by the brother. So, you know, I mean, but that's we're here to answer questions and, and try to make it clear for people, you know. But that's what happens in some of these circles. And so it empowers once you read through the Bible yourself. I, I spent time by myself with the Holy Spirit reading this book before you taught it. And the Holy Spirit showed me this and God was showing me that and God was revealing this. And now when I listen to you, it should just be confirming and I may learn some extra things, but it, it won't be foreign. Um, you've read it in context for yourself. You know, you'll know that what, what is in context, what's out of context. It empowers you as a believer to be familiar with your book. And a lot of times if I have no familiarity with the Bible and all I'm taking that man's word for everything. And if that man's not right, then guess what's going to my walk's not going to be right. My understanding is not going to be right. And my belief and practice might also not be right. And some of us say, again, we may have come out of that. I came out of it. Thank God. You know, he he put some other influences in my life to to show me, you know, just a, a better path. And that's why that's why we do this the way we do it. We're going through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse. I don't decide from Sunday to Sunday what I want to tell you guys. We're going through books and God's decided what we need to know. And it's my job to study it, prepare it, and share it with you guys so that we, we get it, we get things in context. I find this when you go through the whole Bible, you get doctrines in the amounts that God wanted you to get them in. You know, if I come up and talk about what I want to talk about over 12 months of the year, maybe there's something on my heart. Maybe there's something bugging me. You know, maybe I see something on the news, some current events is really kind of getting under my skin. I'm like, hey, y'all didn't hear about that. And you guys will be, you guys will kind of be shaped by my mind view, my worldview. But if we come to the Bible and say, well, we're going through the Bible and this is where we're at today. And there, as we've gone through the Bible, I've come across things that I'm like, I would have never chose to teach on that. You know, for you guys that were with us through Leviticus and some of them books, there were some things that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would have never sat up in my room and said, God, I need to talk to your people about this. But because it's here, we're going to talk about it, you know, and, bene- and be benefited from it. So we want to read through the Bible on our own. We want to study through the Bible in, the, in that way as well. So moving on. Paul, again, he's laying out the things that he went through. Verse 26, he said, in journeys often. And now he's going to use the word perils over, you know, several times. So the word perils, perils means dangers. So he says, I was in perils of water. So he was in dangers out in the water. In perils of robbers, 
Uh, a lot of the places that Paul would go and travel to, they were dangerous. Kind of like the, the story of the Good Samaritan as he went from the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. That would have been like their hood. You know, that would have been an area where thieves knew you were either going to buy or coming back with stuff you bought. And it would be where the thieves would hang out to get you. And so Paul says, sometimes the, the, the roads I had to travel uh, in order to minister, I, I came, I was in perils with robbers in perils of my own countrymen. I was stabbed in the back by my own people, um, race-wise. In perils of the Gentiles, the Gentiles also did it to me. In perils and dangers in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren. Paul says, I was also at times had fake believers around, false brethren. People that would come up close just to spy out what he was doing to go back and tell those that were against him. Uh, I was in dangers among false brethren. Verse 27, in weariness and toil. Um, and so the, the, the ministry and the work that Paul was devoted to was a difficult thing at times. There was times of weariness and toil and sleeplessness. Often there were times where he said, I, I didn't get my sleep. And that one I wondered about. I said, I wondered, you know, was he up thinking about stuff that he couldn't sleep or was he moving through the night that he couldn't sleep? He, whatever the case is, in sleeplessness, he said, often. Anybody here ever go without your sleep? You know, um, I, I, that's, that's not my gift. You know, this last week was a busy week for my family. And uh, it, it takes extra. I'm like, Lord, I need extra Holy Ghost. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel saved right now. There are times where I, if I don't get my sleep, I don't feel right. You know, and I'll tell my wife, hey, I'm going to just be quiet today. <laughs> just, that's, 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 how I, that's how I don't mess up. I'm like, you know what? I, I can feel it. I'm like, I, I, I can feel it in, in my mind. I'm like, Stuff that happens every day, normal noises in my house. Don't never bother me. Today, that's annoying me. Oh, that's getting on my nerves. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be quiet until I get myself together so I don't mess nobody up, you know? Paul's at sleeplessness often for the sake of the ministry. Verse, he's a, he says, in hunger and thirst and fastings often and in cold and nakedness. And I, I would just say this to the, 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 the those that are the false, I mean, sorry, the, the faith movement people, right? Paul's, I was, at times I was hungry, I was in thirst. That, those fastings may not have been, you can choose to not eat, but you can also be on a forced fast, right? It wasn't nothing to eat anyway, so I just went ahead and, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and pray and call this a fast, you know? You know, so, now, for those that would, you know, the faith teachers say, you know, you just can claim it. You just can, just call those things that be not as though they were. God does that, you can't do that. Why Paul didn't just believe God for some food? Why Paul didn't just call, you know, call some water down or whatever, if, if that's how it works, why would he endure all this hardship? Why wouldn't he just, you know, confess himself out of the prison and confess himself out of the bad situation? Because these guys aren't going to say that Paul wasn't a man of God. So we, you know, a simple read in my Bible says well, this man of God went through hardship, must have been part of God's will. He couldn't confess himself. He didn't he didn't believe his way out of it. God said, I'm Paul. I'm with you in the midst of all that you're going through. And there's something more powerful about going through hardship with the Lord than it is about always getting out of hardship. You know, I think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. It would have been cool if they would have never got thrown in the fiery furnace. But it's way cooler that they got thrown in. God showed up with them and they didn't burn. That's a better story for me. I'm like, you know, no, we got thrown in the fire because we told that king that we're not going to bow. And we didn't we didn't succumb to the pressure to worship his image. And he threw us into the fire and the Lord showed up in the fire, burned off our bonds 
But we didn't burn. Our hair didn't singe. I mean, we were down there doing all right, walking around with the Lord. And then they called us on out. The people that walked them down burned up, but they didn't burn up. We don't have that story if they get out of it. You know, Daniel and the lions then, right? Uh, it would have been cool if he didn't get thrown in. They said, Daniel, we catch you praying. Catch you praying. You're going to get thrown in the lions then. Daniel said, windows open. This is how I do it every day, fam. And he prayed in front of everybody. And they took him and they threw him in and they didn't eat him. He slept all night, got up. King didn't want him to die. Brought him out. And then the king said, threw the guys that, that, that you know, that, that got him in trouble in there. And they ate them before they touched the ground. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's better to go through the stuff with the Lord and just let the Lord show his strength because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And when we're broken down and we're weak and we're like, I have nothing else. God's like, that's the dude right where I want you. This is where I'm going to show up in your life. This is where I'm going to do magnificent things. It won't be of you. It'll be so clear that it was me. It'll be clear to you. It'll be clear to those around you that I showed up, that I'm faithful. And so sometimes we're always like, God, get me out of this. And God's like, no, go through it with me. Just walk with me. I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strengthen you in the midst of what you're going through um, as, as, you, as you go through it. And so God lets Paul go through all these things. And I just want to point that out, right? That word of faith thing is bogus. Paul was absolutely a man of faith. And he didn't confess his way out. He went through it by God's divine design. God said, I, I, Paul, I called you this. Now, here's an interesting thing about Paul. Pastor Clint taught this several weeks back. But when Paul got saved, like you and like me, God already had a plan for Paul's life. Um, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. You know, when we get saved, God's like, I already, I already know what I want you to do. I already got a plan for you. Now, when Paul got saved, this is in Acts 9. You can write it down in your notes. Write down Acts 9, verse 15. God told a man named Ananias, hey, there's a man named Saul. He's blind. And, and you know, I want you to go pray for him for, to receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. And I said, Lord, do you know this man, Paul? Like he, He's coming after us to get us. You know, and the Lord said, I want you to go. And this is what God tells him. The Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. And the verse 16 says, for I will show him how much or how many things he must suffer for, him, for my name's sake. So at this point in Paul's life, when he's going through the suffering, God said, I knew it the day you got saved, that you were called to this, that this is suffering by the will of God. But in the midst of that, you're bearing my name before all these different people. And so maybe you're here today and you're suffering through something as a believer, something you didn't bring upon yourself, something that you wish was taken off of you. And I, I would just encourage you that maybe God wants to strengthen you in the midst of it. Maybe God wants to want you to look to him in the midst of what you're going through. Maybe he wants to be your strength and weakness. And while you're crying out for God to take it, maybe you want to change that cry and say, God, OK, if you're not taking it away, would you give me strength to endure? Would you would you show up in a way to empower me, help me, help me to help, help me to go through what I'm going through? And so that's what he did for Paul. He walked with him through all these things. And so um, now verse 28, after all this list of things that he says, this is really the biggest thing on his list. Verse 28. He says, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Paul said, with all these things going on in my life, getting beat over here, imprisoned over there, on the middle of the sea over here, naked over there, fasting on accident over here. And he said, but you know what's really on my heart? It's my deep concern for all the churches. That's what's really on my mind. Now, if I was out in the middle of the sea and I was getting beat and stoned and put in jail and whipped with rods and everything, I'd be thinking about myself. 
I'll be like, I mean, I need a break. I need a vacation. <laughs> Lord, is there some island somewhere where I can get a vacation from all these beatings and carrying on? I mean, I, the natural mind would say, I, I, you know, I'll be thinking about me. Paul says, you know what I'm concerned about? Churches. I care about you guys. And when I'm sitting in prison, I'm thinking about the churches. That's why he wrote, we call them the prison epistles. Paul sat in prison and wrote letters to encourage churches while he was in prison. And so why does he go through all these things? Paul's saying, if you look at my life, compare this to the false teacher, there should be no question. My life should validate my ministry to you guys. And you, you should be able to look at these false teachers and compare them to me and say, how come these guys won't suffer anything for the gospel's sake? How come these guys live so comfortably? How come these guys, you know, what's, what's missing about them? And, you know, what Paul is seeking to do is he wants them to be more discerning. He says, I want, I, want, I want you guys to question these guys when they come behind me with these false things. I want you to be able to identify the real from the fake. And so now in verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 30, I'm sorry, 29, he says, who is weak and I, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? And Paul's is saying, you know, you know it, it upsets him. You know, when these guys come in, when he makes them the stumbles and not burn with indignation. Verse 30, if I must boast, I will boast in the things that which concern my infirmity. And so Paul says, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in the things that show my weakness. And his last story that he tells may be enough. If you were wanting to show that you were this top notch, big shot guy, you might share you know, when you led thousands to the Lord or when you planted a church in some remote area or when you led some person to Christ. Paul says, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a boast in the thing that, that, that shows my weakness. And he gives a story here that says, this, this is not intended to make you think that I'm the man, but it's to show you a sincerity about, you know, my heart, my life, my ministry and what I've been through. And so he says, verse 31, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who is blessed forever knows that I am not lying. And he gives the story. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of Damascus with a garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and rescued from his hands. So Paul said that they, that they were coming for me. They were looking for me. And I want you to see the humility of this as a grown man. He said I had to be put in a basket, hidden, and, and lowered down the wall in a basket to get away. This pause, this, this, I'm not trying to show you that I'm, I'm some macho, awesome guy. He said, but I want you to know that it's cost me something, that, that I've been willing to minister and to serve at, at, at whatever the expense was to love on you guys. And so what do we want to take away from the lessons from Paul here? I think a couple things. One is this. We need to be, as believers, as much as... I could put down false teachers. False teachers thrive around lazy believers. And so just like in Paul's day, Paul said, look, you guys, just look, look, just take a minute and look at what's going on here and assess what's happening. That's your responsibility. And so there's a responsibility on our part to to discern, to look, you know, to, 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 to challenge against the word of God the things that we're seeing and hearing in various churches or on TBN or whatever, that we don't get caught up in stuff because it sounded good uh, or, you know, uh, you know, it, it looked like a great thing or whatever, that we'd be discerning. But also, false, I, I, I want to, you know, they were, while they were receiving these false teachers, they were rejecting Paul at times. They were looking down upon him. They said, if you're so awesome, how come you're going through all this stuff? 
If you're such a man of God, how come you don't have nothing? How come you, you don't have any authority? You don't speak with, you know, the same kind of authority these guys speak with. You, 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 you know, you're broke over here. And how come you, this is happening to you if, if you're such a man of God? And Paul is saying, look, that's, some of this is what I went through in order to be able to minister to you. And it's hopefully it'll change the way we look at and the way we judge. You know, what does a minister look like um, at, for all of us here? This minister is not just this position. Every Christian is called to be a minister, a servant of the Lord. What does it look like? What's it costing you to serve the Lord? Um, Paul said it cost me a lot. It cost me abuse at times. It cost me time. It cost me heartache. But for the, for the glory of God and the benefit of others, I was willing. We want to consider that too for those of us that serve the Lord, that it, it, does, it comes at a cost. But it's, it's a, it's a, the trade-off is awesome. We may pay down here. We may, Paul paid with his life down here. You think Paul is in heaven bummed out about that? No. All his treasure went up ahead of him. Paul is in heaven saying, yes, I did. I, I, I spent them years down there well. If I live my life down here in ease and comfort and want to make sure, well, I was going to do that ministry, but I, I want to spend some time with my hobbies or whatever, you'll be in heaven kicking yourself, saying, man, I didn't, I didn't live for eternity. I didn't store. I didn't, I didn't send nothing up ahead. You know, as, as those that serve the Lord, there will be times where it's challenging and difficult. And we want to be okay. We should be okay with that. Don't let that be a discouragement to you. Sometimes for me, hardship is, it almost is my hint or my clue that I'm on the right track. You know, that, that God, I know that I'm where you want me to be. And sometimes it is when things get a little difficult that God is showing me, God is identifying to me that I'm in this. Uh, Every time we've done some kind of outreach or something, things happen. You know, something something goes on, something happens, you know, there's some kind of warfare. Some, that's that's okay. It's part of it, you know. Me and one of the brothers were sitting in here Wednesday. And, um, you know, I was getting ready for Wednesday night church. We were sitting down meeting and going over some stuff. And, you know, we're sitting here. And then this window right here, the gardener is out there weed whacking. And we just heard, blam, and the window busted. Now, you know, that, it was, I mean, we went out there, but this this happened. I went out there and I said, uh, you know, the guy's still out there going. I said, hey, what happened? And the guy looked up like he didn't know what happened. He was like, like, like he didn't just do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, come on. Don't, don't do this to me right now, man. You know, so, you know, thankfully, you know, I, I, yeah, we, I did right. You know, I, I did catch up with him a couple of days later and talk to him. Actually, the, yeah, a couple of days ago. It was good. I, you know, I just let him know how much he owed me and uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do to him and his family if I don't get it by this date. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I did let him know what it was going to cost. But, you know, I, you know, those things happen and it's like, okay, this is either going to be a distraction to all that God has done and all that God is doing or it just, we deal with it and we keep it moving. You know, small thing. Uh, and there'll be those little things that happen. Um, I just want to encourage us that we would, we would serve the Lord and when it gets difficult, that we wouldn't quit, that we would press in. It's going to be tough sometimes. It should cost you something. But also, I do want to challenge us. And uh, I want to challenge everybody here that, you know, we're, we're in the month of April, almost to the end of the month, going into the month of May. If you're not doing the daily Bible reading, I encourage you as your pastor, do that Bible reading. Read your Bible. Go through the Bible with us and do it every year. Get familiar with this book. You want to know it well. You want to know where the stories are, where the where the references are, where the different things are. It, it's, it will protect you from a lot of what the enemy is using out here because I believe Satan operates under the principle of if you can't beat him, join him. 
And I believe that he functions under that. You know, I, I can't defeat what God is doing. So I think Satan has joined a whole lot of churches and sought to water down the message and, and murky up the water so that people can sit in church and never really know the Lord. So um, we want to be careful about that. Amen. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. In this book, Paul details many different ways that he suffered for the sake of Christ. It can be painful to hear about these trials, but it's a reminder that following Jesus comes at a personal cost. What are some ways that you've chosen Jesus above other things? Do you think it's worth it? Paul knew it was well worth the pain and hardship that was brought on because he had a bigger picture in sight of eternity. Do you have the same outlook when you go through difficult trials? We hope you continue to learn more from this book written to the Corinthians. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryEnglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryEnglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as a part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the very first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on The Transforming Word.